it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. This episode is sponsored by the Living Room Hair Lounge, where beauty and comfort is our top priority. Hey, welcome back. I have a great episode in store for you today. I had an awesome interview with Shayna Simone. And Shayna Simone, I consider her to be like one of my business besties. I mean, we always dive in and just talk about business, the beauty industry, and we're always sharing different things with each other. And she didn't hold back on this interview, guys. She gave so much information. I want to tell you a little bit about Shayna. Shayna is a licensed hairstylist and the owner of a more luxe salon in Birmingham, Michigan. And she's only been in the industry for five years, but don't underestimate her just because of that, guys. She is making well over six figures. She has a flourishing salon, consistent business, and she's doing big things, guys. And she has a passion for this industry. We had the honor of having her speak at our brunch in May. And she blew everyone's socks off. I mean, I've been to many events and she's she gave so much information that you wouldn't get elsewhere. I mean, she told how to target your ideal customer. She talked about how to get booked out weeks in advance. She also talked about how to get your business together in order so that you can get funding. I mean, she talked about business credit, how to get your done number, all types of stuff. She gave away so many gems and she didn't hold back on the interview either. I think you're really gonna enjoy this. Sit back and listen. I mean, I'm telling you, she dropped some jewels and we had an awesome conversation. Here's Shayna Simone, the six-figure CEO stylist. Hey, thanks for joining the podcast. It's your host, Brandy Taylor. And we have an awesome guest today, Shayna Simone. Welcome, Shayna. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Shayna, can you tell us something that most people would not know about you? Wow. Uh, <laughs> no, that's a good question. I'm trying to think right now. Um, most people would not know that I am the most professional hood person you will ever meet in your life. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The most professional hood? Yes, yes. Now break I, that I have, down, I please. I have the best of both worlds. I, I, I grew up in an area that was not the best, but I went to private schools on a daily basis. So I wore two hats. Okay. In a 24-hour period. And a lot of people can't do that. <laughs> yeah, you know what, though? I would say... I didn't go to private schools, but I've always been an avid reader, and I've always been a little different. And I remember growing up in Southwest Detroit, people would be like, where are you from? Right. <laughs> you are not from yes. Detroit. I was like, I am from Detroit. Yes. You're not. You're just right. not from Detroit. I was like, I am from Detroit. Right. So people would do that to me all the time, so <laughs> I get it. Yes. <laughs> but I know how to, you know, like you said, be hood when I need to be, yes. <laughs> and be professional. Yes. What I need to be yes, as well. That <laughs> so, <is. laughs> so that is interesting. So Shayna, what I love about you is that you have not been in the industry. It's not like you have 20 years of experience, but I tell you, you have 20 years of knowledge. Yes. And it's very clear that you're very passionate about business and helping others within their business. Tell us a little bit how you about how you got started in the beauty industry and you know, just give us your story. 
So for me, um, I've always had a passion for hair. I've loved hair um, from a little girl. Um, my first love came when I was about 12 years old. Um, I started learning how to do ponytails. Um, and I was kind of doing my own ponytails in middle school and things like that, but I always loved hair extensions. And people did not understand me. They were like, why are you wearing a weed ponytail you have hair? And I'm like, because it's like the best accessory ever, right? <laughs> so I've always loved hair. However, because um, during that era, um, and society told me being a hairstylist was not successful. So I kind of lost my way and fought um, the whole hair industry. And it wasn't until um, 2011, I was pregnant with my third child. Um, I was on maternity leave. Um, and once I actually had my daughter, my daughter was diagnosed uh, with cancer at only six weeks old. Wow. Uh, well, actually, she we found the lump at six weeks old, let me rephrase that, and we um, we found out it was cancerous at nine weeks old. So at that point, um, that was life-changing for me. Um, it made me value life a little bit differently. It, um, I'm definitely not the same person um, that you knew. So if you knew me prior to 2011, then you don't know me because I'm a totally different person <laughs> mm -hmm. now. And um, at that time when my job was like, well, okay, you know, sorry to hear about that, but we need you back at work. Um, and I realized how disposable I was with this company that I worked at because I thought, you know, working in the corporate world was quote-unquote successful, even though I hated it. Um, I realized at that moment I need to pursue my passion. How can I turn my passion to profits? And I kept praying to God, praying to him for clarity on what I should be doing. And he always kept presenting hair to me, but I kept dismissing it. Like, no, I can't do hair. I had every excuse of why I couldn't do hair, and he would always present to me why I could. So wow. when I actually stepped out um, on faith and chose hair as my profession and decided I was going to enroll in cosmetology school, I have definitely been blessed ever since. Wow, that <laughs> is awesome. So when you say he presented hair yes. to you, what do you mean by that? So for me, I kept giving these excuses like, oh, you know, the hair salons aren't professional and I don't like dealing with certain things. Even though, like I said, I'm the most professional hood person you'll ever meet, I have a very zero tolerance for certain antics. So I didn't want to be put in certain situations. So I'm like, oh, no, a salon can't be professional. So when I'm at work, I like a professional atmosphere. When I'm hanging out with my girls, okay, yes, we can do our hood things. <laughs> but at work, I just I just have a certain zone where I like to be professional. And so at that time, when I said the salon is not professional, he presented to me at the time Kim Kimball. She is a um, L.A.-based hairstylist. She does the greats, uh, Beyonce, um, a lot of celebrities. But at the time, they were doing an interview because she was about to come out with her reality show. Mm -hmm. And they were doing an interview on her, and the way she described what she did in hair and how she talked about her empire, I'm like, whoa. i never seen a hairstylist in that spectrum, you know, because you would see the celebrities, you would see their hair as the bomb, but you never knew who was behind the hairstyle mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so to actually hear someone successful and professional talk about her empire and she created a whole brand, I'm like, wait, I can make this what I need to make it. Right at the same time of me telling myself, I can't do this, God presented to me Kim Kimball at that moment. And that's wow. what changed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you knew you had the gift to do hair. Yes. But you you underestimated this industry, didn't you? I did. I definitely did. 
Yeah, so yeah. you didn't really think that this could be like a serious professional career. I don't know why I was sleeping on hairstylists, and I still to this day want to shake myself. Because at the time, what I was presented with in the area that I lived in at the time, I'm from Pontiac, Michigan, but the area that I lived in at the time, the only hairstylists that were presented to me were struggling. So, you know, and I, I actually was an assistant. My very first job, I was an assistant in a hair salon. I assisted six hairstylists, and I was their shampoo girl. And I, they were struggling. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but at the moment, they were struggling. So that was my only representation of a hairstylist at that moment. And I thought that that's what, what it was. I, I hadn't seen a hairstylist out here doing what they do now type of thing. Now we have social media and things like that, so we see hairstyles in a different light. But in that era, you didn't see that. Yeah, I could see that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people still sleep on the trades in general yes. and hairstyling mm -hmm. because they seem to think like, okay, we're playing in hair. You're playing in makeup. Right. But this is a serious business, yes. and it's a multi-billion dollar industry across yes. the board, whether it's products or services within the beauty industry. And a lot of people just don't realize how uh, successful you can be operating within this industry if, if it's you know fit for you yeah and um and i think i don't know I, I think maybe it might be because a lot of people are unsure about entrepreneurship or how it's done right and maybe like some of the things they've seen within the industry like you said you've seen people that were struggling and weren't making mm -hmm. it so you didn't see kim, a lot of kims I you know no. or in your neighborhood so it's like okay is that going to be a successful career for me but you clearly had that gifting within you I always had the gift I just did not think that I was the fit for it because of my personality for the work lifestyle I wanted it a certain way and I didn't think that being a hairstylist quote-unquote was it mm -hmm. and I was completely wrong okay so I'm the first <laughs> to admit that I was definitely wrong with that yeah and you you definitely know that you were wrong because you're doing absolutely great as yeah. a hairstylist you're awesome at what you do so tell us a little bit about that like what you do as a hairstylist and you know the type of services that you offer so basically um my salon we basically cater um to the professional woman that loves quality um hair care so i first take care of what's under your hair before adding anything in addition to if that makes sense so a lot of my clients wear hair extensions, of course, because that's my first love. Um, I do a lot of natural hair. None of my clients have relaxers because I'm against them. I love so, that. So <laughs> um, I do silk outs and I do color. So that's pretty much what I focus on. But the main thing is healthy hair care is what I focus on and hair restoration and growing your hair while we're able to do those cute edgy styles. That's awesome. So you actually have a relaxer-free yes. salon? Yes. Wow. And you're not just doing like braids and no. you know what I mean? Because normally when you think of a natural free salon, you think of a salon maybe that's doing natural hair. So it's like braiding, dreads and, you know, stuff like that. Right. No, we just focus on silk outs. Um, we do color and we do hair extensions. I yeah. love that. I love that. Yeah. So um, how did you take your business? So you, you have, you, you specialize in you know, healthy hair, how did you decide to focus your business on that? Like, so, because you do have a focus and a target. Can you tell us right. a little bit about that? Um, the, the reason why I decided this, it was the best decision I ever made in my life was enrolling into cosmetology school. And I enrolled in the Veda Institute in Broloke, and that was probably one of the best decisions I could have ever done. Did I enjoy being in school? No, but it was the best school at that time for me. 
And when I was there, they're a plant-based, natural hair care-based company, but they explained to us what the chemicals are doing to our hair. They explained to us what to look for on the labels when you are actually buying shampoo, conditioner, and products. When I realized that, because at the time, at 11 years old, I got fired by my hairstylist because I wouldn't get a relaxer. So my mom had to get me a relaxer. I never knew that my natural hair had a curl pattern. I never knew until I decided to go relaxer free, started using natural products, and all of a sudden, my hair curled up. <laughs> and I, my hair was just different. It just bounced different. The movement was different. The body was different. And I realized what was stunting our growth was the products that we were using. So I definitely started researching different hair care products, more natural plant-based products. I love essential oils, no sulfate, no parabens in my products with my clients. And they notice that their hair lasts longer with the silk outs that I do. Or even if they're wearing extensions, their hair grows a lot faster. They don't experience any hair loss or anything like that because of the products that I'm using. And that, that's not a whole nother story I don't mm-hmm. want to go into, but I feel like it's a conspiracy in the products that they advertise to us because it has a lot of alcohol based, a lot of chemicals in those products, which is stunting our growth. Mm-hmm. And damaging to the hair. Very much so, yeah. Yes. Well, I love that, that you decided to take care mm-hmm. of our hair because there are people out there who are very great at styling hair, right. but your hair falling out. Exactly. <laughs> I've had, I had that experience. Mm-hmm. Where it was a girl, she was a very great stylist, but my edges started breaking mm-hmm. off. And I started off uh, with longer hair to the point after a year of going to her, we had to add extensions mm-hmm. in. Right. Because it w- I just didn't have the body anymore that I had before, the fullness. And yep. it was because of, you know, she just wasn't taking care of my hair. My hair would be sharp, but it was breaking off and falling out. And so and, and that's <laughs> the thing. In the Metro Detroit area, we know how to slay some hair. I'm not going to hold you up. But no one's teaching us how to take care of hair. Mm-hmm. No one's teaching us what products are the right products. What tools are the best tools? I had to learn all this on my own once I realized that our hair can grow and our hair can do the things we want it to do. I had to research on my own the best tools, the best products, all of that to make sure my clients were not getting heat damage. Because even though my clients are natural women, when I wet their hair, it still curls up, even though they get a silk out every two weeks. I even have some that come every week. (laughs) But it's all about the products and the tools that you're using. Awesome. So you're taking care of the health of hair, Mm -hmm. but how long have you been? I want to tell everybody, how long have you been in this industry so far? (laughs) So I got my license in 2013. Okay. So we are going, it'll be six years in October for me. So you've been in business for six years and you own a salon already. Yes. And you already have a successful business. So I want to talk about how you fast-tracked your business. Because you definitely fast-tracked it. And so tell us how did you get your business on track. We want I want to hear well, the, this story. The first thing is attracting the clients. What I did was I filled the void at the time. At the time, I was noticing a lot of people were frustrated with going to a hair salon. A lot of people were trying to do hair of their own by looking at YouTube University and trying to do their own products and they were just co-washing, they weren't shampooing, which is insane by the way, I'm sorry, putting it out there. Um, They they didn't (laughs) want to use shampoo, they didn't want to go into a salon, they didn't want to blow dry their hair because they was listening to people on YouTube because they seemed to have some sort of knowledge more than what their actual stylist was that they were going into. So I wanted to fill a void. So when I came into the industry, I strictly promoted healthy hair care. 
I can give you everything you want, but your natural hair will still won't be compromised in the process of it. So I filled a void also for professional women that were tired of sitting in a salon for eight, ten hours just to get a silk out or even a sew-in. Um, I work very fast, so my clients are, if they're getting a silk out, they're in my salon within an hour, they're out within an hour to two hours, and for sew-ins, they're out within three to four hours. Wow. So for that right there, the fact that I appreciated their time made wonders, and I was able to successfully take less clients than, let's say, the stylist next to me and still make more money because I priced myself appropriately but in the meantime, I also had value in that customer and appreciated that customer's time and gave them superb service in the process. So that's how I first started getting noticed by mm -hmm. a lot of clients. So do you have, like, how did you know that, though? Like, how did you know how to target your business? Well, how to, you know, mainly to start off, I worked in corporate for 10 years prior okay. to that. So okay. I was that professional woman. I knew what that woman wanted. Mm -hmm. So I made sure I was everything for that woman. So the main thing is you need to identify who your dream client is. My dream client was really me. I was a professional woman that didn't have time to be in a salon all day, but wanted good quality service and wanted my hair to grow. <laughs> right. So I definitely targeted those women. And how I targeted them mainly was, at first, when I first got to industry, everybody was telling me, you need to get flyers. You need to photo shoot, get flyers, get in the magazines. Well, I noticed at that time, the era was changing. Instagram was fairly new. Mm -hmm. And everybody, when I was out and about trying to pass out flyers in my business card, they were in their phones. They weren't looking up to even say hi to me. They weren't looking at me at all. So I'm like, how can I get in that phone? How can I get in front of them while they're scrolling on their phone? And I found out about Facebook ads. So that was the very first thing of me showing up to my ideal dream client was the Facebook ad at that time. And at that time, a lot of people didn't know, a lot of hairstylists didn't know about Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Facebook ads have been a blessing to me and my business as well. So I could definitely attest to that and um, just using it properly because I know it's still people that don't use it properly. I've seen ads for events in Texas. Now, come on. I'm in Michigan. I shouldn't yeah. be seeing your Texas ad. Because no. more than likely for the type of event that you're marketing, I'm not going to come to you Texas local, for it. Local, right. <laughs> you want to get local people. Yes. Unless you like you're, you have a big name mm -hmm. and people are traveling to you. Right. Then, okay, you could target the United States. But if you're doing a small little class or something in your local area, you're not going to target the whole United States. So a lot of people still, even though they're utilizing Facebook ads, they don't know how to use them properly, how to set their targets up right and everything like that. Exactly. But you've created a platform to help people within their business, yes. the Six Figure CEO Stylist. Yes. So tell us a little bit about the Six Figure CEO Stylist. So within my course, I mainly talk about um, mindset, I talk about social media, I talk about Six Figure Math and Business Credit. But with the social media component, I actually have um, tutorials that are kind of broken down of who your target market is, how you target them, how you show up in their timeline, things like that. I kind of break it down on a more technical side for people, so I do bring in the tech in it, but it's an actual visual where you can follow me as we go along um, with the social media component to really break down to um, that beauty professional who is trying to get in front of people that won't even look up th at them at the grocery store. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yeah. So tell us a little bit, uh, can you share a little bit of the social media 
uh, platform? Like, what are some key points that we could be utilizing within our business? Well, the main thing is you need to identify, research, and target your dream clients first. Because to me, that's all that matters with the whole social media component. Because when you go into Facebook, it's going to ask you, what are your potential audience interests? Mm-hmm. You know, where are, this, where are their location? What's their age range? What type of professions do they have? So you need to identify who that is. And once you identify, you know, their age range, their profession, the trends that they like, like and things like that, then you need to learn how to research them. So at that point, you're going to become a little bit of a stalker. And I'm not saying, like, pop up a people job, like, hey. Like, I'm saying you're going to go online and kind of see who pages they're liking. You're going to see what trends they're following. You're going to see what hashtags they're using, things like that. Who they're following to, and why it's appealing to that particular dream client of yours. And then you need to also figure out what events they attend, things like that. And whatever those events are, whatever those pages are they're following, whatever those trends are they're following, find out what those trends or those companies or those influencers are doing to target to them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. What's showing up in their timeline is making your dream client say, ooh, let me click and buy type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be definitely clear on who your dream client is, um, their likes and interests, and then as far as targeting them, what I did in the beginning, um, this is before I had a budget, <laughs> uh-huh. I would manually follow people on Instagram. Um, at first, Facebook was like popping for me, like great. But then Instagram started being my main producer. And it was because I needed to get in front of more people. So on Instagram, I would follow people that were like fit my dream client profile. And I would follow them. And then when I would follow them, nine out of 10, it's going to make them go to my bio. It's going to make them go to my page and see my page. So whatever you have in your bio, the information you have, it needs to pop. Your first nine photos need to pop to catch that person's eye. And then if they like what they see, then they'll click follow back. It's just that simple. You're not forcing them to do anything. It's just your page needs to be appealing. If you are um, in the hair industry or the makeup industry, then that's what they need to see when they go to your page. They don't need to see you in the club, driving a boat with your girl, having a hot girl summer, if that's not what you're trying to portray. Now, if you're Meg Thee Stallion, hey, that works for her, mm-hmm. right? But if you are someone in the beauty industry and you're trying to get clientele, your page needs to reflect that if you're going to follow them and expect for them to follow you back. Um, now, I have an automated system that does it for me because I don't have time to go... Like, I'm too busy to go on social media. Like, Instagram is a job for me now. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't enjoy it as much <laughs> as I used to. <laughs> so, now I have an automated system that follows my dream clients for me. And if they like what they see, they'll automatically follow me back. And then I do make sure I go on there um, about a day, every day or every other day to make sure I'm engaged and commenting and posting on their posts and things like that and liking their stats and things like that. But... That's kind of the general of what I do with the social media um, aspect of things. I love that. I think that is great. And um, I would say another way, too, because what I did was I actually ran a lot of tests because that's what you do in marketing is you run a lot of tests to kind of see 
who responds the most to your ads. Right. So you could you could do that, like kind of look at what the trends are and uh, what other people are following, but you could also run some tests and not put as much money into it. Right. And you could kind of see, okay, like so say if you thought you wanted to target 25 to 40, but you notice that between the age range of 30 right. and 45 is where they're really, really responding to your ads, yes. then you really want to change your targets and target it to that area to that uh those women those clients were between that age or if you know this like you target to a certain area but mm-hmm. you're getting i say you did a metro detroit area but you know this maybe in southfield you were getting more people looking at your ads and then you might want to increase some of your targets there right but i love that um you know you teach that because i know that because i have a marketing background mm-hmm. i worked in corporate as well mm-hmm. but i know some people that are hairstylists or makeup artists or estheticians or different people within the beauty industry nail techs and things like that they may not have that same knowledge if they don't have the corporate background to understand like how to target the right people and how to get in front of those potential clients so i think that that is um a very huge piece Mm -hmm. in growing your business and it still is very valid because instagram and facebook is still really big and and advertising and really big and getting the word out there for business owners today exactly so what else would you um could you what other advice could you give the audience for their business um some of the things that you teach within your uh, course another thing i teach heavily on is mindset um the reason why i teach on mindset is basically you are what you what you attract is what you are that makes sense so you have to be very conscious of the way you talk and the way you interact and who you are as an individual because whoever that is that's what you're going to attract so you can't say, oh, I want a professional nine to five woman when you're not professional, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So not saying you can't be professional, you need to change that. So you have to realize what you're asking for and what you're giving, does that match up? And one of my favorite quotes, um, well, this is a really good book for people to read. It's called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. It's a really, really good book. But he says, your income can only grow to the extent of what you do. So you have to change it all. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to make a whole bunch of units and I'm about to sell all these units to all these people. But yet your mindset in your head is saying, ain't nobody going to support me. Nobody's going to really buy this. My family don't support me. I really don't know nobody who really did this before. So how am I supposed to be able to do it? You have to change that. Start speaking Mm -hmm. life into yourself and start speaking um, daily affirmations into yourself. One of my favorite affirmations that I speak to myself every morning is, I make millions of dollars changing lives one head at a time. I have to tell myself that on a constant basis. Even if I'm not making a million dollars, I still need to tell myself that because that's where I'm trying to get to. Mm -hmm. So you attract what you are, pretty Mm -hmm. much. So you have to be very conscious of that. And mindset is number one point blank period before anything else you got to change um your mindset and i agree that's my main thing um that I, that's one of the things that i teach i teach mindset i teach the social media and then i do dabble a little bit into the business credit as well because in or once your business is growing and once your business has hit a certain you know plateau it's one of them things where you can no longer support this business financially on your own you need some sort of financing. But you're going to need funding you're if you want to scale it. your business. You're going to need it. Point like People are like, oh, don't get loans. Don't get it. No. 
when you're a business owner, you're going to need funding to grow. It's going to get to a point where you can no longer support it on your own. And so I like to teach people how to structure their sales um, in a manner where they look appealing to banks, if that makes sense. Um, so you definitely need to have simple things like actually have an LLC or a corporation filed through the state that you live in. Um, I'm in Michigan, so it's the state of Michigan here. Um, you need to create an employer identif uh, identification number, so that's your EIN number. Mm -hmm. You need to have a business address, not your home address, a business address. And there are ways that you can get a virtual office and things like that um, if you don't have an actual location. So don't feel like you need to go out and get a building when you don't have the income coming in. Um, you need to set up an actual business line where when the caller ID rings, it says your business name and not your personal name. Because when you apply to certain um, banks and lenders, they want to know that this is a business phone and not a personal phone. Um, you need to open up a business account, preferably at a small local credit union. But even if you do have a big main branch like Chase or Bank of America, I still would get a small local credit union account because they're a little bit more lenient with funding. Um, you need your own website, so you need a domain name. You need to get a business email. That right there is so important. <laughs> Let me tell you, I hate when I am emailing a business and it says, she know how to do hair at gmail.com. <laughs> it should say info at she know how to do hair.com. <laughs> if that makes sense to you, it needs to have your domain name, not Gmail or Yahoo or who else is out there. I don't even know who else is out there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then another thing that people don't know is you need a Duns and Bradstreet number. It's called Duns number. This episode is sponsored by the Living Room Hair Lounge, where beauty and comfort is our top priority. The Living Room Hair Lounge specializes in color, trendy, precise haircuts, hair extensions, services, and natural texture styling. Centrally located in the heart of downtown Ferndale at 22747 Woodward Avenue, Suite 204. Check out our work and follow us on Instagram at The Living Room Hair Lounge and on Facebook at The Living Room Hair Lounge. Book one of our talented stylists at www.vagaro.com forward slash The Living Room Hair Lounge or by calling 248-268-1632. We hope to see you soon at The Living Room Hair Lounge where your beauty and comfort is our top priority. Google it. It is a free number that you can get. It is not something you need to pay for. So if anyone's trying to charge you for it, run. But you definitely need to get that because that is your actual social security number for your business. A lot of people think the EIN number is, but the DUNS number really is. The EIN number is for really good tax purposes. But your DUNS number is going to be your social security number for your business. And so that is the main core things you need to have set up. So when your business does hit a point where you need funding, you're ready to go ahead and apply. Mm -hmm. And you have to be ready. You have to have your things in order. Yes. So it's not like those are some different steps that you can take to get your thing, your business in order so that when you're ready to scale, you can. You can, exactly. Right. And that can happen really fast. I mean, my business scaled up for me in a year. Like, I didn't even, and I had already had all this stuff set up not knowing I was established with business credit. But I came from a corporate world, so I wanted to have my business in order. I knew I needed a website. I knew I needed a business line because 
my personal line, some days when I wanted to just chill with my children, I didn't want my phone ringing off the hook on my personal cell phone. So I had to get me a business line. So there are things that I just did automatically because I wanted to run my business like a business, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I didn't even realize what I was doing at the time. And I didn't realize my business was going to take off as fast as it did. Um, I was fully booked as a license, the book, the way that, what my goal was. I wanted to be booked out two weeks in advance. I ended up being booked out three weeks in advance, and I was only licensed for eight months. And wow. when it was time for me to do my taxes the next year, I was like, whoa. Like, I didn't even know what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like one of them things like, oh, like, help me out here. Thank God I did have my business in order. So when I did go to the CPA, I had came to him with a good package because he was like impressed. Like, wait, you have an LLC? Wait, you have like, he was shocked because he's been dealing with so many stylists that didn't even have those basics. Mm-hmm. So just have those small, simple things because when your business blows up, you'll be ready. And what I can say to that is that stylists, they're artists. And right. so sometimes some people are very great at their craft but they're not necessarily business savvy and they don't really have someone like you telling them everything they need to get their business in order. And so it's okay to hire out for that. It's okay to take a course, to learn from somebody like Shayna who's actually has a successful business and understand what it takes and what you need to get your business in order. So even if you've been doing hair 10, 20 years, if you're not in order, it's not too late. Get it in order now. Go ahead and get your LLC if you don't have it. Go ahead and get you a business account and start putting your funds in there so that your money can be accounted for. So when you want to get something like a vehicle or a house or something, you have, you know, a paper trail. Right. And, you know, and get you a business line. You know, don't let everybody call your cell phone be texting you at midnight talk about girl can you fit me in in the morning no right you know what i'm saying it's, it's time out for that you need to have you know your business stuff on one side and your and your uh personal stuff on the other side but it's not it's not too late and it's not impossible and don't feel ashamed even if you haven't um, done these things and you just didn't have the knowledge get it and if you don't want to deal with it hire the right person to do it right you know, there's people out here that can help you. You can get you a virtual assistant. They can help you with your appointments. You can hire somebody to get you a website together. If you don't know how to do that yourself, you can actually, if you can afford it, hire somebody to do your marketing, your social media. Or if you have the time and you want to learn how to do these things yourself, you can hire somebody like Shana, take her course, or, you know, and, and learn some of these things. And what she's helping you do is avoid some of the pitfalls that you would have to make if you don't have this information. Right. So if you if you can learn from it, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, just go to somebody who's already done it. Go to somebody who already owns the salon if you're looking to get one. So if you're new in the game, you can actually be very successful very quickly, especially right. if you follow success leaves clues. So if you follow successful people, you follow people who are doing doing the things that you want to do and do take the steps that they took. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. And so I really love that. I think it's a great uh, thing that you're offering and sharing. And I love that you really break down. Like when we did the brunch a few months back in the spring, you really broke it down more than I really see at different events. Because right. a lot of people 
don't share this information. Why are you so passionate about business? So I love that you mentioned that. Um, I was looking for someone like me when I first started. <laughs> I'm like, how do I run this thing? Like, I didn't know some of the things I had to learn. I had to learn because my business was growing. And that's why I started my mentorship program, really to help people avoid those traps. Because I'm going to be honest, I lost a lot of money doing this. I made a lot of money, but I lost a lot of money trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I don't want other people to have to go through what I went through. I desperately want to help others really grow because I feel like we have so many girls that fall out of the industry too fast. They go to cosmetology school. And then they do nothing with it because they don't know where to go. I want to help those girls because they are talented. They are very passionate what they do. They're a little bit lost in the guidance of where to go. And there's not many mentors out there helping them on the business side. Yes, we know how to do hair, but how do we run this beast? You know? Right. So I really want to change the perspective of the business side, like you said, of beauty. And that's why I'm so um, admired by you because you also talk about the business side. We have enough people teaching how to do hair. We don't have anyone really. We have a little, but not many, teaching the business side of it. Right. And right. I need realize that I need to fulfill my purpose and help educate people on that because I've been through it. I've learned it all. I've learned what not to do and what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so if I could save someone else some money, I would definitely want to help them with that. Well, what I really saw is I had a bad experience myself with someone who just didn't have uh, business knowledge, know how to operate business that was professional, that followed up with their client. Like I just had, I was going to get my hair braided. It was when, oh, faux lives. It was when everybody was getting these faux lives. This girl had a huge following. Mm -hmm. Everybody was getting their faux lives by this girl. So I was just like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go get my faux lives by her. So she had her like a salon suite in the back of like a dentist office or whatever. And that was fine or whatever. But when I got there, they were like, oh, she's not here yet. You know, like she'll be there. Uh, she'll be here shortly. So they did give me some water that I sat in the dentist office. But she called me or texted me like, oh my God, it's my son's birthday. We had to move his birthday party around. And yada, yada, yada. So she was going to be like an hour late. So she said she would uh, knock some money off of my hairstyle. So that was okay. But then when she got there, you know, she didn't apologize for being late. And then um, the I guess the hair that they used, it was a certain type of hair she, that I couldn't find that she wanted me to get. But the beauty supply that I went to told me that it was similar. Like the Dread hair, they have all types of brands, but she only liked to use one kind. Well, it was really, really popular. And my beauty supply didn't have it. And then, then she sent me to get the hair because she refused to use what I had. The uh, the hair that you wrap it with or whatever, she refused to use what I had. And then when I called her, like, they're sold out. What can we do? Well, do you want to reschedule? And, like, she was really, like, nasty with me. Like, I don't have time because I got to get, and if we don't get started within 30 minutes, and I've been waiting for you for an hour and a half. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so this was right, this happened to me right before I started the expo. And it was really like, wow, you know, no respect for me as a client. I waited for you all that time. And if you love this hair so much, stock it. Right. I mean, for real, buy it in bulk. Genius. 
Stock it. Because stock it. Because why do I have to run around? I had went to three beauty supplies in my area. Nobody carried this particular hair. Right. And then the beauty supplies that did were sold out of it. Because this was when, I don't know, Folox was real popular this year. Mm-hmm. And it was just really hard to get this particular one she wanted. But the other one, I guess some people would use it, but they said it didn't work as great. Right. But it was like, stock it. And then don't be an hour and a half late and then be snazzy with me. I was <laughs> like, do, do you want to reschedule? No, never again. Never do I want right. to see you. So I ended up going to somebody else who was absolutely great right. and I had a much better experience but stuff like that really because even some of her social media posts and different things she was just very unprofessional very rude mm-hmm. but very in high demand at that particular time I don't see her stuff too much no more so people probably done caught on to her attitude and, and all of happens. that mm-hmm. and she just you know she had the gifted to do hair but she just didn't have the people right you know people skills she didn't have the business skills right. she didn't apologize to me she was very very you know unprofessional and i i don't know when that happened i was like this is why i decided to do the expos because i feel like you know there's a lack of business knowledge within mm-hmm. this community like, there's so many people. It's still people out here who who going off on clients on right. social media. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you got to pay a deposit or <laughs> no. You know, like, you know, do you know what I mean by yeah. that? They're very unprofessional. And it's like, come on. Like, there's a thousand hairstylists. I don't have to come to you. Exactly. So you need to be more professional when mm-hmm. you're posting. Because I'm looking at that and I'm like, I don't ever want to message her right. to do my hair. Right, right. No DMs. Make sure you do this. You know, it's a way to do things. Mm-hmm. And just always be professional, you know, with people. And and then, you know, all this cash app stuff that's be going on. So there's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like pe- people do perish for the lack of knowledge. They just don't right. know any better. So if we know. know better, we can do better. Exactly. So I like to shine the light on people who are successful in the beauty mm-hmm. industry. I like to have them have a conversation and share some of their experiences, share what they do to, uh, you know, to keep the success going and to build their businesses and to just really spread the business knowledge. Because you can take a class on how to do this and that anywhere, but if you want to, like you said, run this beast, you got to know how to operate in business. And some people aren't entrepreneurs so sometimes if you're not like that person who can handle all that maybe you should go work in a salon and work under somebody who is because everybody isn't the boss and that's something else i want to talk about it's okay sometimes to be an employee i think we have this big fad right now where everybody's saying entrepreneurship is the way to go and if you're working for the man you're a slave or whatever the case may be but if everybody was an entrepreneur I mean, how would we get our fast food? How would right. we get our gas? How would we fly to destination to destination? You know, how would we buy a vehicle because that person is so they sold me my car, right? Them, you know, yeah. things like that. So not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur, and that's okay. You heard it from me first. It's okay to be an employee. You can still be a beast and a boss within your own lane, and that's okay. Being an entrepreneur takes on a whole nother beast. Yes, you guys may see the luxuries of entrepreneurship and the great things because that's all people like to talk about. But at the end of the day, there is a lot to go on. I have three children. I am a wife and I run a business, okay? I have stylists I have to cater to. I have a clientele, over a thousand people that I have to make sure I'm keeping in touch with on a regular basis. I have my children who are very active. I have my husband. I have no space for anything else. Right. <laughs> a lot of people can't handle all that on their back. Mm-hmm. And when something goes wrong, if an error happens, I have to get to my child's event, but yet 
client came in and her hair is completely tangled, what do you do in that scenario? This is your business. Mm-hmm. You can't just abandon it and say, oh, I clock out at five, sorry. You right. don't have that luxury. But if you're that type of person that, that needs to clock out at five, then you're still an employee, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. So if you are an entrepreneur, understand that there is way more to entrepreneurship than sitting on a beach and drinking your wine or whatever you may be doing. <laughs> there is a lot that goes on for those people to have those moments. Because when I get those moments, that one week or a couple of days of vacation where I can just kind of breathe, because you do need that as an entrepreneur, that's because they needed that, that break. Right. <laughs> they don't get the luxury of that on a day-to-day basis. And so that's one thing I like to let people know. Being an employee sometimes is okay. I yeah. was an employee for 10 years. I did not like what I did for 10 years, and I hated what I did for 10 years. And I knew I was supposed to be an entrepreneur, but I did not step out of entrepreneurship until I knew what my true purpose and passion was. And that's key. When you do become an entrepreneur, make sure you're passionate about it. Make sure it's something you love. Because when the mess comes, it's okay. Because you're doing what you love to do. You can deal with that, and the next day you'll be fine. You get what I'm saying? Right. So you have to love what you do because if you don't love it, you you abandon that thing the next day after all that mess you done went through. You, right. you walk right away from it. <laughs> Some of the stuff I done been through, if you if I didn't love, you know, the industry, if I didn't love, honestly love what I did, I would have been like, I'd have been mm-hmm. offered a lot of good jobs. I'd have been right. like, oh, let me just go ahead and just get this job again. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, I mean? Think about it. It's just, it's just like your toddler. You know how... You know, being a mother and you have a toddler, and that toddler is you, you love that baby to death. But like some days, you like, woo, this child. Yeah. You know, it's just, but you, but you know, you can't walk away because that is something you love. Right. That's the same thing when you become an entrepreneur. You have to make sure you love it because when it when it has its terrible tools and it's gonna have its terrible tools, you can't just walk away from it because that's something you created, you breed it, and you love what you do. Right, and so you get up and you dust yourself off and you keep moving. And I love that you said that because some people, they look at you and they're like, I want to be just like Shana. But they don't don't necessarily have the gifting to do hair. Like you said, this was always in you since you were a kid. Mm -hmm. You ran from it. But they don't necessarily have that gifting to do what you do. But they just see, you know, your social media. They see your lifestyle. So they think like, okay... I want to do hair, I want to do that, I want to do extensions. And they may even learn it good enough to do it halfway decent, but if you're not really truly passionate about it, right. and, you're, and this is not your purpose, and this is not for you, it'll, it'll burn you out yes. real quick. Yes, it will. Especially the beauty industry. <laughs> yes. The beauty industry will burn you out. Yeah, that's true. Yes, you will be burned out and be like, I, I, and I've seen people who, I ran into a lady recently at Sephora, and she was uh used to be on a salon mm-hmm. on the west side of Detroit. And her salon used to be packed. And she worked at like an insurance, like AAA or something, doing insurance. And she made good money doing that. But I'm like, wait a minute, how you go from right. a salon owner and doing hair? She was like, girl, I just couldn't do it no more. Because it, I don't think, even though she was really good at what she did. She still wasn't passionate about she it. She wasn't passionate about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a difference. You can be good at something, too, and not and not love it and be passionate about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so her salon, she closed it down and just, you know, decided to get a regular job and mm-hmm. left that. She mm-hmm. was like, oh, I left that. I, I left that salon life. <laughs> and I was like, wow, really? And I was like, that's because, you know, she jumped on it when it was a lot of people on the salons yeah. back then. And a lot of those people don't have salons anymore. Yeah. 
And, it, and the salons are kind of phasing out. I don't know if you guys are paying attention to the trends, but salons are phasing out because we have the suites now. Uh-huh. And then we have the um, salons where the people are commission-based and hourly-based. So a regular salon that's just booth rent, those are kind of phasing out. So it's like one of those things where you have to pay attention to the season. So if you are a salon owner and you're struggling in your salon business, you need to look at the salons that are still thriving. What are they doing different? Are they commission-based? Are they stylists hourly? Or did they convert their business into salon suites? Because you have to pay attention to the new trends. Don't stay stuck in an old season trying to hold on to it because you don't want to jump to the new season. So why do you think every the salon suites is it Chauncey Billups? Did he just open some salon suites now? Yeah. So what is this thing with the salon suites? Like, I think a lot of people. It goes back to that whole idea of entrepreneurship. People want to be their own boss. They want to have their own space. They want to say, "I have a business." Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, they don't realize in those salon suites. If you're brand new and you don't have a clientele, you're not going to be able to survive in a salon suite. You need to be in a salon that has some walk-through traffic that's on a busier street. When you're first starting out, you're going to need that type of salon. You can eventually graduate into a salon suite, which is what I did. When I first started in the business, I worked in um, a salon. I worked in two salons, actually. And um, I was there for about a year and a half between the two salons. And... Once I built my clientele up enough where I could afford a suite, I wanted a suite. Mainly for me, I wanted a suite because I wanted to create my own environment. I wanted a professional environment, things like that. But I knew I couldn't afford a suite coming fresh out of cosmetology mm-hmm. school. So I had to find the best salons I could find possible that had the foot traffic, where I can get my name out there and things like that. And once I created a little bit of a buzz and I could afford to move into a suite, I did. So that's something people have to pay attention to. So we still need salons, but they're phasing out with the old way of how it was operated. The booth rent way is kind of going out. Mm-hmm. If you're in a salon suite, then yes, that's technically like booth rent, but you're really paying a lease because you have to get your own LLC and things like that for that space. But um, for the salon suites, yes, it works for someone who has an established clientele, but for the new people, you're going to need to find a salon that can get you some clientele so you can help build your clientele before you do that. Yeah, because yeah. It's, it isn't cheap. I've known people who, they're weekly, like, $500 oh, yeah. a week oh, yeah. to be in this suite. And if you don't have the clientele, because you, you got to think about it, like your products, yep. your, you know, just everything you need. And plus, you got to pay 500 a month. No, plus, 500 a week. A week, right, <laughs> not a month. A week. Yeah. 500 a week, y'all. Yeah. So you got to pay 500 a week. On top of, you know, buy your products, you buy your products and everything and fund your business and, right. and pay yourself. Yes. It's, it's so you lot. can live. So if you don't have a good clientele, that is not a smart move. So you don't need to be graduating the next week talking about going to these salon suites. No, that's And not don't nobody work. know you yet. That's not going to work. <laughs> not at all. And I paid the salon suite that I was in. I was in a salon suite in Birmingham and now I have a building on Woodward in Birmingham. My rent was the same amount. For a 400 square feet space suite. Wow. Now I have a 1200 square feet building. Wow. So to me, it made sense to get the building. The downfall to getting the building, though, I had to do my own build out because the building didn't look the way I wanted it to look. So that was the downfall to it. But at the end of the day, in the long run, I knew I would save money by doing, you know, leaving the salon suite. But I mean, the salon suite at that time worked for me. I was there for about two and a half years. So it worked for me during that phase, but like I said, pay attention to those seasons in your life. 
when it's time to move to the next season, move. Yeah. yeah, definitely. When it's time, I love that. When it's time to move to the next season, move. But don't rush it. You got to crawl before exactly. you walk. Take your time. Learn from other people. Work in a salon. Yep. Gain some experience first. Yep. Before you just jump okay, out there that. and do that. Yep. Yeah, but that that's interesting because I was like, Chelsea Bill, I was like, even he see the value in this industry. You oh, see that? So the people who own Salon Suites are making a killing. Yes. Way, just to make y'all clear. Yes. The Salon Suite that I was in had 33 suites. The cheapest rent at that time was $300 a week. The most expensive rent was $700 a week. So you guys do the math mm-hmm. of how much money he was making a week off 33 suites. So it definitely is an advantage to the salon suite owner, but you have to make There were a lot of people who came in there to work and didn't have the clientele and had to end up leaving in less than 90 days. Because mm-hmm. they, they couldn't afford it. They couldn't afford it, you know, mm-hmm. which you definitely need the clientele for sure. Right, right. So what is some advice that you would give someone who's starting out in this industry right now? Definitely, if you're starting out in this industry, whether you're in cosmetology school or you're thinking about going to cosmetology school, First, start changing the mindset of the people around you and even to yourself. So say if you are about to be a makeup artist, I need you every day to wake up and say I'm a makeup artist. When you introduce yourself to people, say, hi, I'm such such and I'm a makeup artist. You have to start training people on what you're doing. When I decided to become a hairstylist, people did not know me as a hairstylist at all. So I had to change the minds of people so when they heard of Shayna, oh, it's Shayna, the hairstylist. Because I knew I was about to enroll in cosmetology school. I knew I would be there for a year. And I knew when I graduated, I needed a clientele. Because I don't have a job anymore. <laughs> my job kind of let me go with my baby situation. And um, I needed to make money as soon as I finished school. So I had to start changing the way people thought of me and the way I thought of myself. Because I was fighting, like I said, being mm-hmm. a hairstylist myself. I had to change my mindset and change the mindsets around me, okay? Because you attract what you think, right? So once I started convincing people, I'm a hairstylist, I had to like literally like shove it down their throat, like go overboard with it. So when it came time for me to graduate from school, I would post about it all the time. I would put up different posts about, you know, hair, or I would talk about different topics related to the beauty industry. Like my whole page, all my content was strictly beauty industry. When I graduated, I was able to survive financially. You know, not what I wanted, but it was more money than what I was making at the bank at that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was enough where people was like, oh, okay, she's serious. This is something she's doing because you have to stay consistent. People are waiting to see if you're going to stick with it. Especially if you're someone for me, I would bounce around from job to job. So people were just like, okay, this is just something else she's doing. Mm-hmm. So I had to stay consistent. Some of my marketing that I did five years ago, it's having people walk in my door now. Wow. I had a girl say, oh, I've been following you since you first started five years ago. I'm so proud. Look at this. This is great. She never came to me, but I stayed consistent. She always followed me. It wasn't that she didn't support me. It's just it came a time where she was ready to come to me, whatever life circumstances happened with her. She came to me five years later. My marketing from five years brought her in the door right. five years later. So you have to be consistent with your content you have to stick with it, especially if it's a vision that God presented to you and it's what you're supposed to be doing. Don't quit. I love it. Don't quit too early. I love it. So, Shana, how would you define success? Success to me is someone who is fulfilling their purpose, 
and their passion and they're getting profits from it. My prayer to myself every night is, Lord, how can I turn my passion into profit? How? How can I do that? How can I do something I love that I don't see financially valuable be able to sustain the lifestyle that I want? I knew a girl who she loves to just eat. She loves eating. <laughs> I swear, like, I promise you, it sounds crazy. She loves trying different foods, things like that. She started a whole YouTube channel on eating. I've seen it. She's and a they, millionaire. And they go to different restaurants. and From eating. And they eat for free. And She turned her passion into wow. a profit. That's success. Mm-hmm. Like, something simple is something you don't even think. We thought, I thought, I can't speak on everybody else we have, going to college, moving up the corporate ladder, being in my suit, walking in the building was the definition of success. That's what I thought. But no, success is turning your true purpose and passion into profit. Love it. I love it. So, what is your favorite book that you've read or which, what are you reading right now? Whichever one you want to share. Um, Let me think because I'm reading the cover. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to say my favorite book that I've ever read was The Secret of the Millionaire Mind, which I mentioned that earlier, which is T. Harv um, Ecker. Um, and the current book that I'm reading now um, is about man manifesting and creating your own reality and your desires. I can't think of the author name, but I yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's him. But I must definitely send it to you. But that's something I'm reading right now. Of you are a creator. You know, God. Yes, He created us, but He also gave us choices. He also gave us our own mind, and we get to choose how this life is because He presented that to us. Here, th these are the, the lap of luxuries you can have, but you have a choice to go this way or that way, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it, it's a book really talking about you are a creator too. You are a co-creator with God. So um, that's the book I'm on right now. I cannot think of the author's name off the top of my head because I wouldn't expect for you to ask me, but um, I'll definitely get it to you. Yeah, no problem. So I would lo love to hear about that mm -hmm. one. I got to read that one. Yes. It sounds great. <laughs> Okay, so what is your favorite business tool that you use in your business? Mm, tool, business tool, business tool. Um, I'm gonna say my online booking system. That's the best thing popping. Like, which one do you use? Um, I use Acuity. I use Acuity. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I even tried to leave Acuity and go somewhere else, and I came back to Acuity. Acuity I, I've used them before. I, I like Acuity. Um, I just it, it's very um. It's eye-catching to the client. It's very self-explanatory to the client and to me. It makes my life simple. I like waking up in the middle of the night to emails of people booking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, so Acuity is one. Oh, another one that is my favorite right now, too, this um, um, something that new I started using with them last year is called Hire Frederick. It's a marketing tool, and you can link it with Acuity, and it actually knows the behaviors of your clients. So it will send them emails and marketing and percentages off based off their behaviors. It can get old clients back, clients you may have lost, it asks for feedback, it does text marketing to them. If you have a slow day, it'll fill that slow day for you. So that's a really good one too. Hire Frederick. Oh, okay, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, if you have any affiliate links, share them with and I'll put it in the show notes yep, too. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Great, great. So it, um, I've had a great conversation. Shana has shared a lot of great information. I thank you for being on the podcast thank today. You. So is there anything that you have um, coming up that you want to share with us at all? Yeah, um, I have an event that I'll be speaking at um, October 5th. 
Um, it is called Nine to Thrive. So it's talking about the people who are um, in a nine to five job but are looking to explore entrepreneurship. So I'll be doing that October 5th. And then um, I will be at your event on October 6th mm -hmm. <laughs> at the Expo. So those are uh, the two most recent events that I have coming up. Okay. And if they want to reach you, how can they find you? So you can definitely reach me on social media. Um, my Instagram is Shayna Simone. That's S-H-A-Y-N-A-S-I-M-O-N-E. And my Facebook also is Shayna Simone. And then my business page for my salon is Amore Lux. So that's A-M-O-R-A-L-U-X-E, Amore Lux. And then um, if you want to email me, you can email me at info at amorelux.com or you can email me at info at sixfigureceostylist.com. Great. And I'll leave all of that in the show notes. So if you want to find and connect with Shayna, you can definitely connect with her. I'll put her Instagram and websites and everything. And Shayna, so we just want to wish you the most success Thank in your you. business. I know it's only up from here. Thank you so much for sharing your passions with us and your business. And that's all we have for you today. As always, make sure that you stay great and check us on the next one. Have a great one. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also, connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also, email us at bb networkpodcast at gmail.com you can also connect with me on instagram at i am brandy taylor and at exquisite looks we're also on facebook and twitter at exquisite looks and you can check out my website at exquisitelooks.com i really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon remember that all things are possible if you only believe stay great <laughs>